Hey, welcome back to the Big Esports Podcast. In this episode, we're featuring a absolute whiz kid at video games. You know how everyone talks about kids these days are so much better at technology than anything else. And I was born in 1991 and nothing made me feel old until... I talked to Rowdy Rogan's father. Now, Rowdy Rogan is an up-and-coming star, an absolute first-person shooter sensation who's five years old and understands things like what his favorite weapons are, target priority, and how to play a game effectively with people triple, quadruple, or even more his age. We have a talk about his development over the years, why his father allows him to play a game or a shooter such as Call of Duty, and also Rogan's development within schooling and other sports and the possibilities for a young kid these days to grow up and to be a professional gamer instead of aspiring to be any other sort of traditional sports athlete. It's a very interesting conversation and I think you'll find it interesting too. This was an exclusive to Twitch, wasn't on LinkedIn and also now it'll be on the podcast. Enjoy. For those of you who have also lost your employment or are looking to skill up, we're trying to help here at Big Esports. We have an esports fundamentals course, which is helping people to understand an entry point into the employment within the esports and gaming market, whether you're coming straight out of college, university, high school, or whether you're trying to transition from another sport. To provide support for all of you, we're offering a pay-as-you-feel model. So you can head to bigesports.gg forward slash education. If you've lost your main line of employment and you can't afford to pay right now at all, that's perfectly fine. We're able to offer it up to you for free. You can pay now, you can pay later, you can choose whatever you want. The course is usually $127 AUD. You can take it now for whatever you feel is appropriate or whatever you're able to afford. Hopefully, this will help a few of you get back on your feet in the short term and also the long term. Harry, we're live. How are you? Chris, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty good, man. I was just watching, uh, while we are getting ready, I was just watching this new Amazon Game Studios game that's going to come out. It's their first title. It's called Crucible. Have you, have you heard of it at all? I, th- I did see a commercial, actually, on it. Yeah, and it, it just made, made me think about how much of a monster Amazon is, everything that they're doing these days. Yeah, some of the feedback's pretty interesting on here. I think some of the some of the comments in the, um, some of the comments, you know, I mean, YouTube comments can be a real cesspool sometimes. But I think some of them make perfect sense. Where one person saying there's been zero announcements or teasers until now, and then all of a sudden it's it's out in um it's out in about thirteen fourteen days time. <laughs> yeah, that'll be pretty quick. Yeah, it's been an interesting one. It's for those people who don't know, it's a it's like a player versus player third person shooter. Um, objective-based PvP. It looks like it's kind of a mix between Apex Legends, Guardians of the Galaxy, Paragon. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of Avatar thrown in there as well. Some yeah. of the, the way the characters look. Right, right. Real colorful yeah. and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Should be interesting. It's free to play, so I mean, you can download it. Why not? Oh, I'm sure there'll be a battle pass or something, and <laughs> or a bunch of skins to buy. That's where it's yeah. at these days. It's got to be either way. So thanks for, thanks for coming on today. And for, for anyone who's watching uh, live on Twitch TV, watching the video back or or tuning in later on when this is an audio-only podcast or, or a VOD on, on YouTube, um, obviously I you know brought you on because yeah, your kid went, went pretty viral recently on Twitter, you know, five-year-old son getting a bunch of kills in Warzone, understanding target priority, really seems to have a handle of what he's doing. You know, I shared um, some of that stuff on LinkedIn as well. You know, I had some interesting comments on there. So I thought, why not Why not bring on the the dad, the man that's that's controlling all the stuff behind the scenes and have a bit of a chat. So can you let everyone know, you know, who you are, a little bit of history about yourself and, and also what your son's doing these days? Yeah, so what's going on, everybody? I'm Harry. I'm 32 years old and I'm Rowdy Rogan's dad, the five-year-old prodigy. If you haven't seen anything about him yet, you must not be into esports. 
Um, because over the last couple of weeks, he's been getting a lot of attention, a lot of shares, and, and we've had tremendous opportunities getting to interact with some, some mainstream people, and it's been a lot of fun. So I guess there's, I mean, there's so many different discussions to have, right? Like every time you read someone share this on Twitter, on LinkedIn or whatever, there's always a bunch of different comments. So like we kind of went through, I guess, some talking points before this, some discussion points, so I don't get too lost, but we've got, got a lot to chat about. I think one of the first most really interesting things to me um, that I alluded to before was just the development of youngsters these days into technology. Uh, I've said on the podcast a few times I did jiu-jitsu and, you know, I once watched a two or three-year-old swipe away an iPhone notification while they were watching a YouTube video. So they understood what it was and how to get rid of it. You know, watching that Rowdy Rogan clip of him of him playing, um, you know, he understood target prioritization. He understood when to finish off a kill. Um, you know, I've watched him do things where he knows to melee a window to get through it because sometimes you don't have to, but it can glitch out if you're not sprinting. Um, right, right. You know, when I talked to him briefly on Discord, you know, he knew what his favorite weapon was and why. He knew he loved the M14 at the moment because it didn't require him to move as much and he could be a bit more patient and aim. So it'd be really interesting to hear from you firsthand. Like you and I are pretty similar ages. You know, when we were five, I had next to zero computer skills whatsoever. Right, but now kids right. these days are so much more developed. You know, I mean, it is. It really is. Uh, but I think just, even just outside of technology, like Rogan... He's a very coachable kid. He listens well. Um, you don't really have to repeat things twice to him if it's something that he wants to do. And then um, he just he just learns fast. Like he was riding a bike without training wheels before he was two years old. Um, he's always his coach's favorite, like sports player, whether it's wrestling or football, or whatever. He's always one of the favorites because he listens to the coaches and they they love that. Versus pretty much every other kid his age is, you know, their attention spans so short when they're trying to be taught something that they end up horsing around with their other teammates versus listening to the coach. So I think a lot of that goes into it as well. Outside of technology, he just learns quick. And then once, you know, the technology started to come on board, I mean, yeah, just like I thought, just like every other kid out there, he learned quick as well too. But it seems from everything I've been able to find, he's just really good on the the sticks. (laughs) So. Mm. Yeah, and another really interesting thing that, that you mentioned before, I, I guess you should tell the story about when you went to the CDL tournament, looking at his development and how he can see what the pros are doing and understand and replicate that gameplay himself. So we went to the Call of Duty League event in LA, down there at the USC campus, and um, FaZe was on stage playing, and Tim did this move, it was on the main screen, that I've never seen, and there was a, I think it's on the Gunrunner map by the bathrooms, there's like this vent fan that's up on the wall. And if you melee it, it breaks the fan. And then you could throw your flashes or your grenades through it into the bathroom. And when I seen that, I was like, wow, that's an interesting move. I've never seen that. Well, Rogan saw it as well. And without us discussing it or doing it, I noticed a couple of weeks later, we're playing and it's on that map and he's doing it. And I've never seen anybody else do it besides Simp from what I've watched. And then Rogan watched it live and then he implemented it into his own gameplay. And I was just like, I was like, wow, that's crazy. And that's something that most, I don't know, 18 to 30-year-olds don't do either. You know, as a semi-professional Counter-Strike player myself in the past, you need to really, like, learn how to learn. And a lot of Mm -hmm. people will watch demos and replays just like they're kind of watching a frag movie. They're just watching it really to see the kills and pretending they're learning without asking, like, why people are doing what they're doing. So, like, you know, for example, on Dust2 on Terra's side, I would play a very similar side to Zist, who was in NIP at the time. And I would always have to ask myself, like, where is he aiming first and why? 
what position does he run in? Does he run in second, third? Sometimes he pre-flashes, sometimes he pre-nades. Why? Like when does he do that? When does he not? Sometimes right. he pre-fires double doors at, you know, one, two or three different angles. Why does he do that? And really right. ask yourself those questions. And I think that's why my team was able to go from kind of, you know, Joe, not to pro, but, but Joe to someone like within a short right. period of time. But if a five-year-old's already picking that stuff up, that's, that's right. pretty crazy. Does that mirror any schooling and things like that as well? Or is it more about hands-on activities for him? His math he's really, really good at. Um, he's still learning to read and write. Uh, I mean, he, he does fine, but he's at where he needs to be for his level. Um, but his memory is insane. It's like I could ask him stuff from like when he was two years old or younger sometimes, and he remembers it. I'm like, There's, how, that, that can't be possible. Um, or even just, just random things off the wall he'll randomly talk about. I'm like, but you remember that? Man, that's crazy. Um, and then when we do different like memory card games or whatever, he just, his memory is just on spot and it's totally opposite. Like his sister is very, very smart as well too. She's 10 years old, but her memory is not like his. And my wife and I always talk about it because I feel like my memory is not that great, but my wife's memory is insane. My son's memory is really good. His math, he loves math. And then um, all of kindergarten, he only got like one negative report the whole school year. And it was because he asked to go to the bathroom too many times that day, which in my opinion, that's crazy. Like the kids got to go to the bathroom. Why can't they go to the bathroom? So outside mm-hmm. of that, no, I mean, he's great in school, does all the school work. He uh, loves math and so got a lot of the, friends. Where does the, where does the passion for video games come from? I, I assume that's from your side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always been a gamer. Um, it's just one way like that. I'm able to turn the world off at night and not worry about my job or everything else going on. And I'm able to just zone in and play in it, you know, People think it's a tense game, but at the same time, it relaxes me because I'm not thinking about all the other worries in the world. Um, so I've always been a gamer. So ever since Rogan came home from the hospital after being born, like you'll see pictures. I have pictures of him laying on my chest as a newborn baby as I'm playing video games. And then once he was older, he had his own chair sitting next to me. And then he started holding a controller, pretending like he was playing. And then when he was three years old was when we actually put him into a game and turned the controller on and he was playing. And why the why the pick for for Warzone is is that him or is that just what you're playing and he's following you or? Man, I wish I could say he follows me, but it's usually somebody else that influences him and convinces him to play. Like Warzone, I was trying to get him into it when it first came out, trying to get him into it, and, and he would play it. But he until he played with Swag recently, now he's all about it. <laughs> so, but just like you know, some of the other wrestling sports and stuff, like I'll try to teach him something. He listens, but if his coach is teaching him. I, I feel like he listens more. I'm like, I was just trying to tell you that same thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pain of being a, of being a dad, right? Trying to tell a yeah. kid what to do. They're, they're not going to want to listen to you. Yeah, and I guess that's a that's a good segue into, you know, the the kind of people that you've been able to reach out with and, and play with, you know, since mm-hmm. these clips have gone viral and such. You know, he's played, like you said, with with a FaZe Clan member, Swag. You know, are there any other celebrity gamers that, you know, he's been interacting with in recent times? Well, FaZe Apex as well, too. Um, reached out to us after he seen the clip and wanted to get some games in with Rogan. Um, and we got a, a few other people that we've been talking to. No official dates yet set on when we're going to be able to play with them, but definitely some good conversations going on and looking forward to, you know, to introduce him to these other people. And because to him, they're just another person, you know, mm. like if you go back and you watch the apex video, it's pretty funny. As soon as they say hi, Rogan's just like, Hey, what's up apex? Like it's, you know, him it's no big deal but i feel like there's a lot of people generations younger than myself that you know would go kind of all all fanboyish or whatever on them and be super ecstatic and excited and 
starstruck just to be in the same lobby but for rogan it was just another person and, and he had a good time mm. i love that because i don't think his nerves will ever get to him when he's on stage playing we've already done it a few times and he's always just like all right yeah let's go and it's his attitude off stage and on stage is always the same yeah that's that's an interesting point i guess you want that you want you know if you're a fan of mma you see it or you want that conor mcgregor-esque about you you, know, you just want right, to look like right. your heart rate is not elevated one bpm more than if you were just laying in bed scrolling tiktok or instagram at right. night time you know looking completely comfortable and that's i mean that's a big thing and that's something that me as a professional player i was never that great with i was a lot of the time the um the kind of hype machine for our team, you know, keeping people excited and, and upbeat, but also at the same time, it made it really hard for me to concentrate at live events versus, you know, playing at home. We'd, we'd often get quite stiff and freeze and it happens a lot with a, you know, mouse and keyboard player on the pistol rounds where aiming is right. more important than any other round at all in Counter-Strike where someone would run out and you start to freeze and you can physically feel your your hands and your arms and your elbows locked Lock to your body. side. Yeah. yeah, and you just can't aim, you know, very well whatsoever. But you know, can yell pretty loud. So had one thing going for me, I guess. <laughs> for real, a lot for of real. it, and I mean, a lot of the comments and the questions online, um, you know, from some of my friends and and what you see, I guess, is how much of this is a push from Rogan himself? How much is it, is this a push from his dad? Is it a, is it just a a push for his dad to to get his son famous to make money off it? How much of it is is Rogan's push? And I think to answer what I've seen from that so far, Rogan seems a hundred percent. Um, cognizant of what's going on throughout the whole time. It's not like he's being tricked into play the game. I asked him what his favorite weapon was. I asked him who his favorite streamer was, which is swag. Um, you know, I asked him, um, does he like what what game mode does he like the most? When does he like to play? And he answered all these questions with, like you said, with with utmost confidence. But I'd be really interested to learn from from your side around that. And then also we can get into that discussion around, you know, it's it's got a I believe it's ESRB rating of, of M15 and, and kind of, you know, what your thoughts are around that as well versus other games to play. Right, right. Um, I mean, so just kind of like the story I told about how he was young and he wanted to sit next to me and play and everything like that. It's just, it's always been, it'd be the same to me, in my opinion, it's the same as if he walks up to me with the football and says, hey, dad, you want to play catch? You know, mm. he walks up to me and says, hey, dad, you want to play PlayStation? Or, hey, dad, you want to play whatever it is? It's all the same to me because I look at gaming just like any other sport with where it's, where it's at now versus where it was. It's becoming more socially acceptable as a sport. I mean, there's 19 high schools in my town alone, and 16 of them already have gaming as a varsity sport. There's colleges now that are giving out scholarships for sports. I mean, it's becoming mainstream in the aspect of where, you know, 10 years from now where Rogan's still only going to be 15, who knows where the esports industry is going to be at by that point. So I really do try to just support it like it's any other sport. And it's, I mean, it's 100% him that, you know, we hit Twitch, we hit Twitch affiliate. And then as we're going through the stats, he's always brought up, Hey, look, this Twitch partner. And so now like after we stream every time he's like, did we get the Twitch partner? I'm like, he's bringing it up. He's the one asking, he's kind of setting goals for himself. And he wants to like achieve that Twitch partner stuff. Um, I mean, it really comes down to him. This last time when Dr. Disrespect one streamer of the year, that next morning, him and I are in bed still. We haven't gotten up and, I was watching it on my phone and I was like, oh man, Dr. Disrespect got streamer of the year again. And he was like, what? I want to get streamer of the year. And that was quote to quote, that was his instant reaction. So hmm. it, it's, I mean, it's definitely all him. Yeah. That it, it follows some interesting comments from Clinton Sparks, the, the, um, the VP of business development at FaZe Clan, who was responsible for their recent 
40 million series a that involved you know a whole laundry list of rappers and nba players and such and he was the ones that that got them in there and and he said in his discussion with mark Wahlberg, he rang him up and did a bit of an education session on esports and you know i won't get the quote exactly but the conversation went very much like you know hey mark how do you know do you know much about esports and mark went no basically nothing right he said right. do you let your kids play video games and Mark said, oh, around two hours per week at most, that's what I capped them at. And he said, well, think about this. If if your mother and my mother only let us do music for two hours per week, we would be nowhere near where we are today. And Clinton Sparks has sold 75 million records as a DJ and producer. He discovered DJ Snake. He's worked with DJ Khaled, you know, and all these crazy big names in the industry as well. And he sees it the same as what you said, is that um, if you're going to push a kid into Little League, you're going to push a kid into a career in the NFL. Um, you want them to be a swimmer. You know, I've had some friends who've done that high performance route before. And, you know, one of my mates, he was in the pool three days a week from 10 years old all, all the time, you know, eating properly, training and, you know, trying to go towards that professional route. And it didn't work out for him. I think he stopped maybe around 19 or thereabouts, but he gave it a red hot go. And that's the way that, that these guys see. But I guess the only other um, rebuttal from most people that come in is that, you know, this is a, an MA game um, while it's not, legally from what i understand while it's not legally binding to be stuck to 15 year olds should someone play that isn't isn't an age appropriate game for them i'd love to get some comments from you on that well a lot of people they see that you know the m rating and they think that legally that that's the age that you have to be to be able to play it which i believe the laws are that's the age that you have to be to be able to purchase it and to kind of switch gears a little bit can you imagine how many kids went to the movie theater to watch the new joker movie when it was in and it's a reddit r movie i know when i went to the theater there was a lot of kids in that movie theater watching it and i was shocked because my perspective of that movie was like well this is insane i would not want my kids to watch it but there was a lot of kids in that movie theater watching and that goes all the way down to like pg-13 you know where it's parental guidance rated for 13 but how many kids go to the theater that are not 13 years old to watch movies that are pg-13 and under so i really think it comes down to the parenting a lot to try to make sure that the kids understand what's real what isn't real and what what can come from it if you do think it's real and the aspect of you, know, you take out the gory violence, which is an option in Modern Warfare and Black Ops and every other Call of Duty game. You make it to where the party chat is set to where Rogan can only talk to people in the party. There's no toxics of public chat, so he's not hearing any of that. He only hears myself and whatever friends I bring in for us to play with. Mm-hmm. I mean, at what point, what's the difference between that and something like Fortnite? You know, So the, the uh, objective is still to eliminate the other team. It's not, hey, we got to go kill all these guys. Like, that's not, that's not what we're doing. Like, the objective is to eliminate the other team and whatever else it is. If it's hard point, Rogan understands that you need to capture the point. You know, if it's domination, he knows that there's three flags. Like, he understands all the objectives. It's nowhere like, hey, we just need to go do all this and take out all these people. So, I mean, I understand people's thoughts on it. Like, the kid's way too young to be playing that game. But they also don't understand everything else that goes into it. You know, he plays with his dad, is always monitored. The gory graphics are turned off. The chat is set to where he only hears myself and our friends. So he's not getting any of that toxic stuff. And and not only that, at most, I mean, we're probably playing through this quarantine deal, which our gameplay has been elevated tremendously, maybe eight hours a week, max. When sports kick back off again, Rogan wrestles, he plays football, he swims, he plays soccer, he rides BMX. It's going to be back down to, hey, we might only have, you know, two nights a week where we'll be able to stream for a couple hours since the stream has been doing really well. So people look at it and they're like, oh, this kid's super good for five years old. He must be sitting around just playing video games all day long. And that is that's just that's not the case. Not at all. I mean, we're so Mm -hmm. active. 
he has a 10 year old sister, like I said, and she's active as what as heck too. I mean, she plays golf, she plays basketball, she swims competitively as well. So we're, we're always on the go. And some other interesting comments you said about where he, where is he going to be in 10 years, you know, when he's 15 years old. And there's a, a likeness I like to draw that, you know, when I played, and this was only, you know, I think I quit around six years ago now, you know, from a semi-professional career, if you could call it that, everybody hated the kids. Nobody wanted to play with someone who was under 18 years old. Right. And now it's it's flipped. It's the opposite. I think right. if you think about CSGO globally, someone like Swag or Braxton, you know, he was one of those first people at that era where it's like, holy crap, this 16-year-old is amazing at the game. Everyone wants right. to pick him up and play with him. Right. And now you're seeing that quite a lot. You're seeing those development pathways and people wanting to pick up these kids when they're younger. I mean, look at the Fortnite World Cup. Right. A lot of the top places were literal children. Benji right. Fishy, like 13 years old, I believe, from the UK. You know, the the uh, the winner as well, Booger, you know, was can't legally 16, drink. Right? Yeah, 16, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you're seeing like a lot of these kids come through. I mean, there was another example as well, the Australian Open, which is a traditional tennis tournament in Australia, the largest mm-hmm. sporting event that we have here and one of the, as far as I'm told, one of the best sporting events in the globe for tennis. They had a $400,000 uh, four four to $500,000 Fortnite tournament, $100,000 for charity on the first day, and then it was at three the, to four. At the, at the tennis tournament? At the tennis, doing, yeah. Oh, that's yep. awesome. That's awesome. And then they had a three to, three to $400,000 solos tournament the next day with some influences in there, but a lot of pro players. And right, we right. had a kid who was 15-year-old, who's 15 years old from, from Queensland in Australia, come down, and he took out the whole thing. He beat people wow. from China. He beat people from FaZe. He beat Benji Fishy from London, he wow. beat all of these signed professional full-time players as this literal kid. So it's really mm-hmm. interesting to see that change a lot now where some of these games, they're becoming maybe less less skill ceiling-wise in the fact that you need to know lots of facts to be the best, but a mm-hmm. lot about that mechanicalness and how you actually play. And I think that might be a difference in games like Fortnite and Warzone versus Counter-Strike, where if you don't have that whole library in Counter-Strike of where all the right. pixel grenades throw at, where you need right. to pre-fire, and that right. study I was saying, it's really hard to get ahead. So you need to put in that 30 hours a week worth of practice like we were doing. But mm-hmm. in Warzone, as long as you have the mechanics down pat and you have some good teammates that you can flow with very well, it gives mm-hmm. you much more opportunity to work on your positioning and such and not have to worry so much about those finite little details of where every nook and cranny of dust to and train is right. to, to get ahead. Right, right. Right, no, that's a good example. Yeah, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are just so close-minded, no offense to anybody, as well as um, just how young and talented a lot of kids are out there that just don't have the support of their parents or don't have the support of their household or whatever it is to help you know, motivate them to keep going with something that they just seem to be passionate and really good about. Um, and I'm hoping that like, no matter what happens with Rogan, I think our stage is already at a decent level enough to where people will see these kind of videos and they realize that, you know, it's okay to let your kids play some games. If you're monitoring and playing with them, like I'm hoping that before too long, it's, it's not looked at in a negative way. And, and it's actually people use it and implement it into their household. If that's something that their kids want to do. Mm. And it sounds like he's obviously got, you know, his priorities in order with what he wants to do. He wants to topple Dr. Disrespect as the, as the right. stream of the year and, you know, wants to become a better player. Have you, have you sat him down and talked to him about the, you know, the future of what he's doing or is he just in the middle of it, just having fun at the moment? Yes and yes. He's in the middle. He's having a lot of fun doing it. Um, but we were in my truck recently just going on a ride trying to find a cool spot for some pictures and um, forgot what it was, but... I think he got shared on Gamers Doing Things, which has over a million followers on Instagram. And I mean, our f- followers on Instagram went from like 2,000 to 4,000 in a day. 
And mm-hmm. I just started talking to him and said, Hey, look, you know, I know that you enjoy what you're doing and we have a lot of fun doing it. But I also want you to know that we're at a point right now to where if this is something that you want to do when you're older, you can do it financially off the track that you're at right now, Rogan, if you want to take this and continue to do it and have fun, you'll never have to work a day in your life when you get older. I just want you to think about that. And, th- and that was really the end of the conversation. And besides that, we've never really talked about it too much, but I think it's something that he is very passionate about and he loves to do. And as long as he stays interested and he wants to do it, I'm all for it. So he is so young and who knows what's, what he's going to want to do in five years or 10 years. And if this, if this is something that he's going to want to do forever, I don't know. But all I know is that people were pushing me to get him on stream so people could see how good he was. My friends that I was playing with when Rogan was first getting started were like, man, people got to see how good he is, how good he is. And, and so that motivated me to actually look into it to see if there was any other kids his age doing what he was doing. And I spent hours and I couldn't find anything. So I was like, right, we might have something. Let's, let's try it. Let's give it a shot. So, I mean, I want to say I'm all in, but at the same time, as long as he's all in, I'm all in. Yeah. And that's a good point of, of other similar people in the market. I can't think of any off the top of my head. The closest would be what high sky who was, you know, streaming at 13 years old, I believe in phase. Are there any other examples you can think of of similar ages? Uh, just a couple of days ago, there was that nine year old that just got banned from Fortnite. Okay. I don't, did you hear about that or no? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No. It was a big story all over, t- all over Twitter. He was a nine year old playing Fortnite. And he was playing the, um, like the competitive side, the arena side and playing for money. And I guess their rules are you have to be 13 to be able to compete for money. And he got banned until he turns 13. They were, yeah, they were streaming his gameplay and on YouTube and stuff like that. And it just, I think it just caught up to him that he, you know, he was nine years old and he was playing for money. Mm. So, I mean, is that right? No, not at all. Because I feel like if a nine-year-old and a 13-year-old do something wrong legally, they're going to get the same kind of punishment. So if a nine-year-old and a 13-year-old can play competitively, and the nine-year-old can keep up, if not do better, I don't see how that's fair, in my opinion. I mean, as long as it's being monitored and the situation's right, you know, I, I was actually pretty bummed out when I heard about that. Mm, and for, for anyone who's listening who wants to look it up, I found an article on fortniteintel.com, and the title, if you want to Google it, is just Fortnite Community Responds to Four-Year Ban for Nine-Year-Old Prodigy. And there's some tweets from FaZe Banks here about it. And the, the words that he say are very similar to what you were saying. He said, why create a game that's targeted towards kids if you're not going to let them play? Um, right. So obviously they've banned him for four years because he was nine and you know they want to ban him until, until he's 13 he's to 13. compete in tournaments. There's a video of it of where the kid finds out and he's falling in his dad's arms like on camera, like so sad that he can't even play anymore. And that's just not right, uh, in my opinion. I mean, if you want to ban him from like playing competitively for money, and that's one thing, but now you just completely took away the game from the kid, and I, I just I felt felt terrible for him. Mm. Yeah, there was an interesting thing on on Reddit and Twitter that I saw about that. It was a was a mother deleted their nine year old kid's Minecraft world as punishment for sleeping in too much during quarantine, and <laughs> she said that you know it was one of those Reddit um, subreddits is "Am I the asshole?" So people post and be like, "Hey, please validate me." You know, was I the asshole to do the right thing here? And it was the the kid spent. A nine-year-old child spent literally a whole year developing this Minecraft world. And she said, if you keep sleeping in, there's going to be a punishment. And she deleted it. And obviously, you know, he went pretty hysterical. And imagine a nine-year-old kid putting a year into anything. That's that's a ridiculous amount of commitment. Nine-year-olds, you're hard to get their attention for for three and a half seconds. 
most of the time on anything right. unless it's an iPad or unless it's Toy Story. But even then, like in Australia, they have a cinema where a kid can slide down slides and play with toys while they're watching a movie. <laughs> so, you know, imagine a child putting a year into one thing and then removing it. It's pretty, it's pretty sad to see. I do wonder about the legalities um, for the for the competition, but it makes sense like you were saying. If you're going to ban him, just ban him from playing in tournaments, not from playing altogether. I yeah. do know that, you know, in some countries like Japan, um, you can't give out prize money unless there's a government-sanctioned body that sanctions your tournament, which now there is There is now an esports association in Japan, and a lot of that was anti-Yakuza, from what I understand, anti-money laundering. Mm-hmm. So you, could, you couldn't win anything valued at over a certain amount. So you couldn't even say, you know, instead of paying me 100 grand, give me a house. Like, you couldn't do something like that. Right. As far as I understand, it was very small monetary value. You could win a keyboard or, or maybe a flight somewhere or something like that. But, yeah, things change, but... It's interesting to see how different games tackle, you know, these kind of different things as well. Obviously, Fortnite's quite hands-on with their game um, compared to, you know, Counter-Strike and things like that too, which are much more which are much more hands-off. But you do see those issues sometimes where, um, you know, games require you to be 18 years old to compete and mm-hmm. things like that, and you wonder what that's going to be like for the potential future of that title. If you're seeing, you know, people like Swag at, at 16 years old playing Counter-Strike Source and CSGO and a you know, on a global stage and, you know, people like, like Rowdy Rogan himself at five, you know, doing quite well. Is he, is he competing in any tournaments or anything like that at the moment or just playing casually and streaming? Uh, no. So we've, I mean, we've competed in tournaments in real life, like land tournaments. And um, we've also competed in tournaments online as well, too. Like we just took third, him and I just took third place in a 2v2 tournament, a Modern, Modern Warfare gunfight tournament. Um, I don't remember exactly how many teams there were. I think there was close to, close to 30 teams and him and I took third place. Um, which was awesome. He played really good. I was able to play good, and and uh, we actually lost to the guys that won the whole thing. So, um, yeah, wow. But then we also played at a Long Beach Gaming Studios Thunder Gaming at a Chief Keef Glow Navy event, and um, Rogan was on stage with Chief Keef and got to play. And then uh, he played one of his players one v one, and Rogan beat that guy in a one v one. So so he's played in some events in real life, and then we've played in some events online as well too. Actually, there's a there's a pretty cool clip on his Instagram page where Rogan and I are on stage at a two V two event and we're playing the defending champions and Rogan gets a quick two piece. He snipes one guy switches to his SMG and takes him out. Just boom, boom. He got both of them, the defending champs and the crowd, like everybody around the stage just erupted. And as a dad, it was just like, it was a surreal feeling for me. Like, I don't think I was ever so excited at a sporting event up until that moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Imagine, imagine what that does to your ego, being absolutely dismantled by by a literal child. Right, right. Now, <laughs> now, don't get me wrong; they run, they won, they won. But when Rogan won that point and took out both of them, it was it was it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Even the owner of the event was like, "That was the highlight of the whole tournament." There was more people around the stage when Rogan was competing during that event than there was than there was during the finals of the event by far. Oh, wow. yeah. How does the so how does the back end of everything work on your side? So um, you know, understanding that you control the social media accounts, you control the Twitch stream. What what does he have control of? What do you have control of? And what does the, the maintenance look like behind the scenes? Oh, the maintenance is a nightmare. <laughs> we're in a, we're in a interesting situation with him. I'm looking over at where he plays, and then I'm sitting right here where I play. So we play mm-hmm. right next to each other and trying to capture his gameplay and having two microphones that so the. That's that's a tricky part we're struggling with right now. I just got a bunch of new merchandise. Um, anxious to try to get it all set up to see if that helps fix the situation. But besides mm. that, maintenance wise, I mean, it, you know, we just we turn it on, we have fun. Um, controlling his social media, obviously, he's still learning to read and write, so it doesn't make sense for him to try to do any of that. And it also protects him from 
I'm, which I'm sure you've seen some of the negative comments that come through from people that just don't agree with the situation. And that's fine. I don't expect to have everybody agree with it. Um, but no, I, I mm-hmm. monitored all of that as well, too. So as far as yeah. Twitch goes, I run the Twitch channel. Um, it's in my name. Um, he just so happens to be the star in front of me as I'm playing, too. So. Yeah, and that's and that's an interesting point because that's what happened to to High Sky right from Phase. You know, there's a, there's a certain age you need to be to Twitch stream. You need to be 13 years old to be on my social media. So I'm interested to see that as as well as um you know some questions that came through as well is is what happens if you know Activision picks this up and decides that you know he's too young to play on that platform. Are you are you worried that you know, the same thing might happen that happened to this other guy and this other kid in Fortnite? I mean, I'm worried about it, but we were at TwitchCon last year. And I talked to quite a few people and explaining the situation and, and they confirmed that as long as I'm on camera with Rogan at all times while he's playing, I mean, that, that is okay with all their rules. So you'll see, like, if I have to go to the bathroom or whatever, I'll cut to the be right back screen. So that way I'm not leaving the camera on him as I'm going to the bathroom. I make sure that I'm on camera in the scene at all times. And how um, does that work? How does that work with your with your personal life? Obviously, you've got a job, and you know you've got another another child to look after, and, and a wife and a family too. How do how do you fit all this in? Well, for the longest time, it was it was hard. Um, my wife's always been very supportive, so that's made it really good. So, like you know, up until recently, we probably streamed a couple times a month. I hate to admit it, but our schedule was just so busy, mm-hmm. and then I spent more time trying to edit clips and everything than I could try to come up with time to stream. So, you know, when school's back in and sports are back on. You know, I'm going to make sure that we try to have at least two nights a week where we schedule two hours to be able to stream still. Um, but it does take a lot of, you know, there's times where I'm spending the weekend editing YouTube videos all weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm staying up late and instead of like where I used to stay up and play video games a lot. Now, once we're done gaming and he goes to bed, I'm staying up doing my editing. Um, so it just kind of shifted gears and it, it, I still get consumed by it enough that I am able to turn out work. Like I said, is a big reason why I play video games. So, and I also feel like I'm being productive, right? When I finish a clip and it's an awesome clip, I feel really good about it. When I finish a YouTube video and I feel like it looks good, I get real, real excited about it. So I feel like it's, it returns to me as much as I put back into it. Um, I mean, the wife is on board, the whole family's on board. And even more so now that they see it really starting to gain some traction as far as like family, friends and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they're, they're seeing the vision that, I, that I've had the whole time. Yeah, and you can see you can see a lot of the comments coming through, like on the live Twitch as well. There's a lot of a lot of support in there from from different people, which is good to see. And yeah, it's it's always hard, right, as you're starting out that content creation journey. I mean, for anyone trying to balance, you're not going to make money from from day zero at all in any of these kind of platforms. And we all know how much time it takes. You know, even if you're doing an audio only podcast, like I used to do, you know, back in the day, it takes a long time to cut all that stuff together and, and different issues with encoding and uploading and and keeping various social media accounts in check and, and looking at business prospects and opportunities. Have you had many, have you had many of those come through? Have you had many brands looking to align themselves with you? Um, well, he's got a sponsorship deal with Meta Threads already. We just received in another box full of merchandise and we've probably gotten close to, I don't know, five, $6,000 worth of merchandise from Meta Threads already. Um, Technosport has donated a couple of chairs to the stream and, um, we've, we've been in contact and been talking to a few other people lately as well too. So it'll be interesting to see what shapes out with those. We got a couple of different things on the table that I feel like could collide. And, um, I mean, ultimately as a parent, what do I, you know, you want the best thing for your child, but I also want my child to have a say so on which, you know, which, you know, brand or person or company or whatever it is that he feels like he likes more. So mm. whenever things come up, I bring it up to him and we, we talk about it and make sure that he likes it as well too. 
Mm. And how do you how do you balance that now? You know, coming into that realm of being a manager when you haven't really had to do those before. You know, having those business discussions, knowing what to price yourself at, and making sure your son's kept safe. One of my best friends manages UFC fighters, so I've been able to talk to him quite a bit about what's going on, and he's he's uh, he's been able to help me out. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd like to see them on stream together sometime. <laughs> yeah, for there's so sure. many UFC fighters getting into streaming these days, right? Like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he's streaming a bunch. We did a campaign with Rob Whitaker recently as well, you know, previous middleweight UFC mm-hmm. champion. And we did another one with Tyson Pedro um, with, with EA, you know, current light, mm-hmm. light heavyweight contender in the UFC. So there's such a such a good crossover there between the two. It would be pretty cool to see him playing with those guys alongside someone that like would Faze. Be cool. That would be good. Yeah. So what, is the, what is the pathway look forward for, for you guys from here? I mean, like, is there anything specific that you're working on? You mentioned just the general grind of making sure your streams are consistent and, and doing your content. Is there anything else that you're working on? Well, we, I'm, like I said, we got a couple things sitting in front of us right now. Uh, I can't really talk about them, but I hope they pan out. It would be an amazing opportunity to continue growing his platform. And ultimately, that is the goal. I know he's too young to compete and play professionally right now but i feel like to be able to make it in this industry you have to have a name and people need to know who you are before you even get a chance of being picked up by one of these major pro sports teams so you know who knows what will happen on the esports team side anytime soon but in the long term as he continues to grow i would imagine that these big esports teams already have their eyes on him and you know want to get him under their competitors wings so he could continue to learn because i feel like i've plateaued rogan's already better than me so the plan is to hopefully get him on an esports team, at least a developmental team, to where he could continue to learn from those guys, and his game continues to grow and grow. Mm. What about his friends? Do they do they play similar games at all? Obviously, I, I would assume they're not on the same level as he is. Yeah, um, not really. No, uh, he had one friend on his football team that, unfortunately, we didn't get them in contact since football season's been over. But I overheard him talking about playing playing some Call of Duty. Um, but he, we got a thing called Rowdy Kids Gaming going on that we started a couple of months back, and it's been a way that I've been able to help find and recruit other young, talented players to link him up with. So currently, he he plays with a couple twelve year olds, some thirteen year olds, um, and we're continuing to grow that and recruit other young players. And um, well, back up, son, right there, perfectly. And um, that's been nice because it's it's nice to be able to keep younger kids around him playing. Hmm. Yeah, need to, I guess, that social development, all that kind of stuff, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting what you said around what's what's the pathway of development now for him, and it's really unclear, and that's something that's been so unclear in esports as a whole. Like, what do you do when you have a kid who, you know, might be wanting to go pro? And, you know, I think some of my investors have been pushing me to develop some sort of platform or program or ebook or videos or something about right. that, and it sounds like after talking to you there is a, there is a gap because – you know, I've, I've had this question on LinkedIn a bunch of times from, you know, curious mothers and fathers saying, hey, you know, my kid is 11 years old playing a bunch of Fortnite. Um, I think he's pretty good. How do I actually know whether he's good and, and, you know, know whether to help him invest to put in that time versus tennis or football or soccer or, you know, something else like that? And there's not, doesn't really seem to be a pathway. So it seems like your, your answer is, you know, some sort of developmental squad or some sort of esports team that can coach him. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, ultimately that's the goal. That's been the goal from day one is that I continue to build his name and his platform to where when he is old enough to compete, people know who he is. That's, that's always been the goal. And then yeah. since then, the goals continue to grow in the aspect of like trying to help younger kids that are in the same situation, you know, give them a platform so they could potentially make a name for themselves and everything like that. 
because there's just not a lot of support with the younger esports players. And so whatever we can do to help others is is a goal of ours as well. Yeah, and the other interesting um, thing you were saying too is about you know making a name for yourself before you get signed. And I was on a I was on like a sports uh, news podcast thing the other day. I was talking about the difference between one of the major differences between players or or yeah players of esports versus traditional sports is like that front facing attitude and being accessible. And building a name for yourself, you know, how often do you see? I mean, an NFL starting roster is what fifty-two people. How long mm-hmm. do you see? How often do you see number forty-seven um, cranking out their own brand right. deals? Right, you right. Know, going on IGTV three days a week for two hours to talk with people, um, posting when they're not contractually required to about sponsors that are sponsoring their team, doing meetups at events. You know, going along to um, you know development squads just to volunteer their time for kids. You don't you don't see that very often at all. And then as a correlation, you don't see them build their social media to then be able to get those traditional or to get those singular sponsorships. Whereas if you look at Scump, you know, a very famous Call of Duty name, he's got personal sponsorship. He's got his own businesses that he's working on. He's always keeping interactive with his community, answering people's questions, streaming from time to time. And you see that in Fortnite where the lines are really blurry now with like who's a content creator and who's a pro player. And it's almost impossible to split the two. Because the media will call Ninja an esports athlete, and most esports people will go, "No way!" But then you say, "Well, he's playing in tournaments and he's winning money, right. Right. so that's esports. So is he? Is he? Or is he just an entertainer?" And it's really right. hard to then to then draw those lines. And you're right that you know it's, and and I think people just need to understand it's all marketing in the end, right? You can't just be employed and then just do your job on a team. You need to be making those tweets. You need to be doing that extra interaction. And the industry has come to expect that too. So it's not even just the fact that it'll bring you more success. You're often contractually obliged that you have to make tweets. And this is a big push we've seen in traditional esports markets recently from heads of, of in the Dota 2 and CSGO community kind of having that um, having that strict dad talk publicly right. With, right. with the pros and saying, if you're playing in a tournament, you need to tweet. You need to say, hey, I'm live in five minutes on ESL on the main stage because then your followers will watch it, which will in turn earn you more money. Right. It'll get more viewers on there and people will see you be awesome and you'll get more, you know, clout because of that, but also mm-hmm. more money, you know, comes because of that too. And I think that it's cool to see that, you know, you and Rogan seem to understand that like on a fundamental level at, you know, such an early stage in your development. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that you appreciate our perspective on that. And I think that, you know, ultimately as every event, <laughs> are you going back to it's war? Like- He's like Predator walking around <laughs> with the mask on. I uh, pulled those out for him because they had like these other goggles on last night. I was like, you know, I'm going to go grab some paintball goggles. And, and uh, they had a lot of fun with those. And they yeah. still have been today. His cousin stayed over and was over here today. And they were, they were getting after it. But no, to go back to like the eSports, like I was trying to Google it real quick just a couple of minutes ago. You know how old Simp was when he started playing Call of Duty? No, nah, no idea. Either four or five. Yeah, right. And the day he turned 18, he was... He was quickly considered one of the best if not the best call of duty player mm-hmm. so i've tried to use that i didn't find that out until probably a couple months ago and so i tried to use that as like you know continue to help motivate myself to make sure that i know that we're what i'm doing to help support this is the right decision when i hear something like that we, you know somebody as good as he is also started off at such a young age this is just that's facts that what i'm doing and supporting is the right thing to be doing mm. and, it, and it sounds too like that the the standard development for a child into sport is like what he's doing at the moment. It's like an octopus 
you know, there's there's like different tentacles in all of these different things. And a kid might right. be doing a bit of swimming, a bit of football, a bit right. of soccer, a bit of baseball, and now a bit of esports. And then as they get older, you start to drop them off one at a time as things become more serious. And then you and then you get down to one or two sports because to become serious when you're 15, you're going to have to train three days a week and you simply right. can't do that if you're trying to do six sports at once. There's not right. enough days in the week to do that. And it'd right. be really interesting to see where, you know, where he goes over that period of time uh, about that. And there's been some interesting comments online too recently I've seen about, you know, people saying get an education first, worry about being a professional <laughs> esports athlete later. And that's right. that's one that's one sticking point I remember having once with a professional player that I sponsored in a game called Heroes of New Earth, which is like before League of Legends was massive, it was like the pre-league and League kind of killed it because it was free to play. This game was pay to play and, and they um, they pivoted too late. And, you know, he is an electrical engineer and I wanted him to come and to speak to high school kids at a, um, at a yearly event that always happened at a university. I would always go along and teach them about this is what it's like to be a pro gamer. You know, this is how you can get a job in the industry. Here's some cool new products that the company I was working for had launched and, you know, throw out lanyards and have kids go crazy and right, right. play some League of Legends with them later. But, yeah, he didn't want to. And, and his feedback really was, you know, get your education first and then worry about becoming a pro gamer later. And obviously you guys are doing the opposite side of things, and I can see the argument on both sides. Like I don't think there's a correct answer either way, but there's so much of a push in society away from college, especially in America with the amount of money that costs. Um, and, you know, even here in Australia, I did I only did university for a year. I left the industry. I studied switch work for a year. I dropped back out to get headhunted back into the industry. And, you know, I'm seeing that with a lot of my friends as well. Not many have university degrees, and some of them are, are very successful. So I'd be interested to see you know, what, what your thoughts are on around that, around education versus, you know, following your passion. I mean, just recently with the success that his Twitch page has been having, there has been some income coming in. And I would say at least half of it is going to be going to like college fund savings. So that way, if it's something he decides he wants to do, he's created himself a way of being able to do it. Mm. Obviously with my support behind him of trying to help make this happen for him. But still, it's like, you know, I wouldn't have that kind of following for my regular Twitch channel. So I can't, I'm, I don't feel like I'm entitled to any of that. Um, I would say at least half of that's going to be going into a college savings, and then the other half is going to be going back into continuing to help try to grow this esports e for you thing that we got going on. Mm. And I think looking at, you know, I brought up the numbers quickly while you were saying, you know, he's in the top 0.07% of Twitch now <laughs> at five years old. Um, you know, the, the last few streams have, um, you know, have peaked. 202 viewers, 413, 269, 422. That's the last four streams from the 4th of May, the 2nd and the 1st. And, you know, I know people who are, I know I got a friend right now who's full-time on Twitch TV, who's full-time on Twitch and YouTube streaming with 100, 110,000 subscribers and 62 concurrent viewers. And, you know, Rogan's already sitting over triple that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> His average viewership driven. is, yeah, your average viewership is 228 concurrent viewers. And that's a, that's easily a full-time job. You know, with with people donating and with you know with a couple of these long term sponsors that will pay you a, a token amount month on month to be associated with your brand. You know, once off appearance fees at TwitchCon. Um, you know, working with things like that, you can be self sustaining. And I guess that comes into another discussion point that I didn't talk about before about you know signing with an esports team versus staying solo. Like we're, and we're seeing that a lot, like that discussion a lot in um, Fortnite mm. about how you know a lot of I think with an esports team, a lot of the time they see like we need content, we need content creators, we need views, we want to raise capital. You know, we don't have that many social followers ourselves or Twitch streams ourselves. How can we kind of use someone else to get that? And what I've seen in the past is a lot of small to mid-tier streamers are signed with an esports org. 
thought it's going to be amazing. What the mm-hmm. org really does in their gaming term is stats pad. So they use this, the statistics from the streamer they've signed to pad out their own um, resume, to pad out their own um, investor decks and their own um, sponsorship decks, mm-hmm. and then to provide the streamer with the minimum amount of support absolutely possible, provide them with a keyboard kind of to shut them up. Chuck all the branding onto them, still require them to do all right. the work, but we right, right. don't actually provide them with the support and then funnel that money that they're earning from their streamer through through extra sponsorship by using their numbers into their esports team to try to get the best CSGO team in the region mm-hmm. and things like that too. And there's been a lot of discussion about that in Fortnite recently is, you know, if you're, a, if you're an upcomer, do you want to sign with an esports team for $500 a month, $1,000 a month, which is reasonable if you've only got, you know, 100 concurrent viewers and 20,000 subscribers, mm-hmm. I believe. But then you have to give them 20% of your winnings. Mm-hmm. You also have to do a whole bunch of work for them. You know, in the end, are they actually growing you or are you growing them? And are you better off if you're 17 getting a job at Walmart for three hours a week to make that extra amount of money per month? Right. Um, rather than, you know, signing to these guys and, and only really getting a keyboard. In, in response well i think the reality of it is is that you know what we have going on is going to be a lot different than what anybody else is really bringing to the table the aspect of one if we did decide to commit to any kind of contract let's just say it's two or three years long or whatever it is he's still only going to be seven or eight years old so there's still plenty of time after the fact to be able to continue to decide which way we want to go mm. so i think that's going to be huge but also like i've heard a lot of these esports contracts where they require you to stream x amount of hours per month or per week or whatever create so many videos per month or per week before we decided to move forward with any kind of esports team the biggest thing is going to be able to have the freedom to be able to create when we want how much we want and if that's not an option then we're, we just would continue to do what we're doing because we just our situation is just a lot different than anybody else's like you know i'm a husband i got a full-time job a great job matter of fact so it would be very hard for me to even consider leaving it the numbers would have to be exponential um I have a daughter who's still very important to me and I have to make time for her as well too. So I'm not going to commit to my son putting in so many hours just to get a thousand dollars a month or whatever. And then them take part of the stream. That's just, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, you know, we've, we've had a few things come up, um, but before anything happens, there's, there's definitely going to have to be some strict guidelines set that benefit us long-term in the aspect mm-hmm. of what we can do and how much they're going to be expecting versus what we're saying we would be able to commit to. Yeah. And I definitely think it really comes down to that, that one line of, you know, are you growing them or are they growing you? And and that's why people would sign with phase. I mean, offset said it as well, I think. And I wish, I wish I wrote down this exact number, but offset said when he announced his investment into phase, he grew by like 400,000 Instagram followers in a day. It just so, opened up a whole nother avenue of people that probably weren't listening to his music or even knew that he had a social media platform or something. So yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. So like when, when a content creator signs with a hundred thieves, you know, courage is going to retweet them. You know, Pokemon is going to talk about them. You know, you're going to get those followers because of that. When you, when you're a YouTuber, you might want to sign with click management because they've got Laserbeam, who's the eighth much watched creator on YouTube. That, that might do some collab videos with you. They've got, right. um, you know, Muzelk, who's over, I believe he's over 10 million subscribers um, and, you know, a, a hundred, a hundred million views per month on his YouTube and these kind of things too. And that's, you know, why you would sign with FaZe. And that's always the argument around Tfue versus FaZe is FaZe is like, we made you, you know, right. we, we, we kind of brought you up from a small streamer to someone huge. It's why you might want to play with Ninja and things like that too. But are you really you know, stuck in the bright lights of, of esports and just signing with this esports team because they'll give you a couple of hundred bucks, but then without realizing what the long-term, not necessarily ramifications are, but but what the long, not even consequences probably isn't the right word, but just what, what it means for long-term for you. What happens and if you The grow? benefits versus what you would lose or whatever versus doing it by yourself. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, so just and, kind of yeah. touch on that a little bit more. I think you said it exactly yeah. right. And the aspect of like how offset grew by that many followers. And to my point of, you know, us saying if we did sign a two or three year contract, he's still only going to be seven or eight years old. And when ultimately our goal was to grow his platform. And so people know who he is when he is old enough to be able to compete. So I think signing with somebody like FaZe would be a, a very strong topic for us to consider. Um, but at the same time, you would have to hope that they're open-minded to the aspect of how old Rogan is and how much content and time streaming can we really produce. You know, it's got to be, it's got to be like a mutual relationship and understanding. And I'm, sh- I'm sure somebody that on their level has the knowledge and understands like, Hey, you know, he's, he's five years old. I mean, how much can we really expect this kid to be playing? So I, I imagine it would be a mutual kind of agreement. Um, but it does have benefits of signing with somebody like them because it continues to grow the platform. And that's ultimately, that's the goal. So. Mm. And you have the advantage when you're someone like FaZe and so big that you can do this for the PR story and you can do this for the feel good and for also the pushing of your messaging and your branding. Whereas if you're a smaller team, you know, you're raising capital, you're burning a lot of money, you're not cash flow positive and, you're, and you need you need things that will pay off in the short to medium term. Mm-hmm. But if you're Red Bull, you know, I'm sure that, that Red Bull has a very hard time tracking how many cans Felix sold when he jumped out of a jumped right. out of space right, to right. skydive but exactly. they can do that because it's in because it's a you know culturally defining moment it's a world defining moment i'm sure that coca-cola doesn't have to track every single campaign they do to exactly how many how many cokes they sell they just know what their market share is and they can up they can maintain it you know by doing these branding things by showing everyone that summer is coca-cola and you drink it when you're having fun and all that kind of stuff and i i did read an article about that because there's always a thing of why does Coca-Cola need to advertise? Everyone knows who they are. But they did a test in America where they turned off. It was either a, a city or a state, you know, and, and, and their sales plummeted because people just weren't reminded of it to just keep purchasing it. And they went and purchased something else that was shoved in front of their face all the time. And I guess that's, that's part of the thing, you know, to understand as well about that. You know, not only are you growing with them, but what's the purpose? You know, what's the long term? look like and you know i mean we could we could see another ryan's toys you know who knows right. you know the right. what is he the the highest single earning youtuber in history yeah. <laughs> on the platform and how, and, you know, how old Googling. is he what is he's he? eight eight between eight to nine i just looked mm-hmm. at here yeah, he was born in 2010 or 2011 he's from texas in the u.s you said 2010 or 2011 point. yeah so he's yeah my daughter's yeah. born in 2010 and she's he's 10 so he's eight nine ten years old right around there and he's been pretty successful i'd say <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say so. I think he does pretty well. I know some people doing some work with him or, or with his licensing company. So there you go. We awesome. see when that comes out. Yeah. So what's so what's next with with you guys? What's what's happening in the immediate future? You know, we touched on a little bit more. You said there's some things you can't talk about. Is there a specific focus? I guess that you're looking at. Are you looking at just creating more content that's seen by more people? Are you focused on you know getting some money through the door with brand partnerships? Is there one particular thing that anyone who's listening to this that says, "Hey, I'd love to work with Harry and Rogan." you know, is, is there something that you're looking for? Something you need help with? Um, no, not entirely. I, I don't feel like there's anything in particular that we need help with the current goal right now. And I am nervous to talk about it. And I know we kind of talked about it already is we did apply for Twitch partner because we met all of the requirements and then they say it's about a week long process to hear back. Mm-hmm. And so the current goal is, is, you know, to get that final approval from them saying that, yes, you know, we're going to approve you guys to be in Twitch partner because ultimately I feel like that's them reviewing the channel and deciding at that point, all right, we're going to move forward with them. Knock on wood, or we're going to shut it down right now. And I know what I said earlier about, you know, they confirmed when I was at TwitchCon that everything we're doing is right. We're obeying all the rules. So right now, fingers are crossed every day. We're just really hoping that this, this gets approved. 
and this partnership goes through and then i think just kind of just continuing to crank out content youtube content instagram twitch content videos and continue to network with other you know gamers whether it's celebrities or just big time gamers or youtube channels and and trying to continue to play with other people we got a few other people right now that are, um we're excited about playing with so i can't wait to get those ones going whether we stream it live or record it and make youtube videos or whatever but that's that's kind of just what we're doing right now is just to continue to interact with as much people as possible grow this platform and you know recruit other young kids that are talented that i could keep around rogan and he's playing with younger kids instead of you know, myself and you know a couple of my buddies that definitely look out for his best interests at all times as well too just continue to get other younger players too mm, sounds um, like a solid plan branding wise i mean not really we actually just did submit a video yesterday for the uh, g fuels gamers got talent Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure how long that process is when they review it and try to find the 20 people that they want to work forward to. But I thought, I mean, it was last minute. One of my buddies, um, Eddie Clappin, I'm sure if you guys follow us, you know who he is because he's been a big supporter of Rogan since we started this deal. Um, sent it to me and he's like, hey, I think this would be a great thing for you guys to look into submit. And uh, and so we, we were able to get that video done submitted yesterday. Cause today, yesterday was the cutoff day. Mm. When's the when's the sixth birthday? When when we get August. that party? August. August. Yeah. So not too far away. So I've had people tell me, man, I feel like he's been five forever. I'm like, <laughs> I agree with you. We've been saying that for a long time, but we started this when he was four. So at first yeah. it was the four-year-old beast <laughs> and then it turned into like the five-year-old prodigy. So I don't know what we're going to say for six, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Got to have some more buzzwords you're going to have to pull out of there. Yeah, Work out right, the dictionary right. and see where you can go or if it's thesaurus. Mm -hmm. So where people who are listening to this, you know, live on, on Twitch um, later with the VOD or the audio only podcast, where can they follow you online? Where can they get in touch with you if they'd like to work with you or just watch your videos? Yeah, I'll post it into the chat real quick as far as the, um, his email address. Mm -hmm. That'd be the easiest way to try to reach out and get a hold of us. Um, yep. Be about any kind of, you know, teaming up for some games or, you know, photo shoots or video work or something like that. Um, yep. we, we've done yep. a, we've done some things with Meta before as far as like you know, photo shoots video stuff so i'm anxious to kind of see that when it all comes out um but yeah i mean that email just would be the easiest way to get a hold of us twitch.tv slash rowdy rogan is our streaming channel instagram is just rowdy rogan 14 um twitter which is new for us but seems to be growing pretty good is just rowdy rogan on twitter so if you just look up rowdy rogan on anything you should be able to find us yeah fantastic and for anyone who's listening that, that wants that email it's just rowdy rogan 14 at gmail.com you can reach out to. All right, Harry, thanks so much, mate. It's been a it's been a really interesting chat and you know, I can't wait to to hopefully do some stuff with you guys in the future. It's gonna be really interesting to see the development of Rogan as he goes through. Like I said, you know, as an ex, you know, as an ex semi pro, you know, a washed up one of the top twenty players in Australia, it's really interesting for me personally to see his like I said, touching again that I said at the start, his target prioritization, his understanding of game mechanics, his understanding of what his favorite weapon and game modes are, and his game awareness is just off the charts compared to, you know, most 16-year-olds that I see play video games these days. And the development of kids never ceases to amaze me. So it's going to be really cool to see, you know, the rise in what he does and, you know, when you guys hit that Twitch partnership and, you know, when Microsoft uh, tries to buy you over to Mixer and all these kind of things too. I'm really interested to see this, uh, this progress as it goes forward. So good luck, mate. I really appreciate it, Chris, and thank you for the positivity. Thank you for the support. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, no worries. And 
Thanks once again for coming and thanks to everyone who's tuning in, whether it's live now on Twitch, whether it is on uh, the VOD later on on YouTube or listening to the audio-only version of the podcast. We're doing about two of these per week upcoming now that we're all stuck inside with isolation. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Bye for now. We'll catch you soon. See you, man. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast today. For show notes, relevant links, and upcoming projects, you can check us out online at bigesports.gg or follow us on our social medias at bigesports underscore gg. 